This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For years, they've been anticipating this moment. And the first pitch in Double Ray history will go directly to the Hall of Fame. Celebrating 25 years of Tampa Bay Rays baseball. This is the Tampa Bay Rays 25th Anniversary Podcast. Host Neil Solons will be joined by members of the inaugural Hall of Fame class. Towards the alley, Crawford going over, makes a headlong dive, and a sensational flying catch in the alley for one away. We'll also honor the greatest teams, players, and moments in franchise history with special guests along the way. Longoria on the run. He gets there. The Rays are going to the postseason. Swinging a ground ball to second. This should do it. Aki has it. Takes it to second himself. This improbable season has another chapter to it. The Rays are going to the World Series. Swinging a fly ball to right field. He's going to get it. Ben Zobrist is there. And Matt Garza has no hit to Detroit Tigers. It can't happen again, can it? Swing and a drive. Down the right field line. To the corner. It's gone. Are you kidding me? Dan Johnson with two strikes. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Has just hit it out. And the Rays are tied at seven. There's still life. Here it comes. Swing a line drive down the left field line towards the corner. This one, it's gone! It's gone! Evan Longoria has just hit the race to the American League wild card. All the way to the wall, it's gone! A home run for Mike Brasso and sweet justice in San Diego. Here's a swing and a drive right center field. Back and it goes, bats to the wall. Get out of here, it's gone! It's a record setting ninth home run this postseason for Randy Arozarena. Swing, line drive, right center. It's a base hit. Kiermaier around third. He scores the tying run. And now they've got a call between third and home. The ball gets away. They just score Rosarena. The Rays have won. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, another special 25th anniversary podcast. And uh, this one is with one of the Rays Hall of Famers, but also uh, the first ever member of this organization to be part of the baseball hall of fame. And that is Wade Boggs. Wade, uh, congratulations. And thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure, Neil. You have been a part of so many hall of fames, uh, that are a part of the game of baseball. Can you put in context what it means to be part of the first ever class of this organization's hall of fame? Well, it's, it's a tremendous honor. And, uh, my body of work there really doesn't constitute being in the hall of fame, but, um, like I, like I've I've said before, I've I've uh, done a lot of things in Tampa Bay. I've coached. I've been in the front office. Uh, I I was a player, but uh, I I think that the 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 chase for three thousand is is probably what solidified uh, uh, that honor. It certainly was one of the early great moments in this organization's history, and is still the only race player to have picked up their 3000th hit with Tampa Bay before we get to that great moment. Can you touch on or walk us through 
the process of what led you to originally sign with the then Devil Rays and why it was so important to you and and how that whole process uh, started and eventually came to a conclusion. Well, I had I had an option with the Yankees uh, for the 98 season. And my agent, Alan Nero, at the time was talking with uh, George Steinbrenner and, and the Yankees. And and they were in the inclination of uh, they weren't going to pick up my option. So uh, the next thing was to reach out to uh, Mr. Namoli and Chuck Lamar to see if uh, they had an interest and me coming down to Tampa Bay. And coincidentally, they had a huge interest uh, for me coming home, uh, my chase for 3000, uh, being part of a, a, a new franchise, uh, being the veteran player. Uh, I had 16 years in and everybody else had uh, 16 days. So um, it was an easy decision on my part to, to come home and and play in front of family and friends. Uh, I don't know if this would have been uh, something I would have entertained early in my career, uh, but uh, it was time for me to come home and uh, sort of start laying the groundwork for the uh, new organization and, and be a part of that uh, foundation. Do you remember anything special about the conversations you had back then with either Chuck Lamar or Vince? No, not really. Uh, I, I left that all up to uh, my agent and, and they were discussing and I got a phone call from Chuck saying, congratulations, uh, you're a Tampa Bay Devil Ray. And I went, outstanding. At least I had a place to play. Uh, since the Yankees didn't pick up my option, I didn't have to beat the bushes and go looking for a job through free agency. Um, I came home and that was the, uh, that was the selling point of, of coming home is to, uh, like I said, play in front of family and friends. When you started that big league career of yours, as successful as it was, did you ever think that that was going to be conceivable during your career? Well, it, it was very difficult for Tampa Bay to get a, a franchise. Uh, there were there were rumors of, of uh, San Francisco moving to Tampa Bay. Um, we needed a location. And that was always questionable. And then they built the TROP. And so now they could entertain offers of, of possibly one day getting a, a major league franchise. Uh, growing up in Tampa Bay um, and having the Reds train here in Tampa, uh, baseball was something that uh, the Tampa Bay area always loved. And, and once uh, Tampa got a team, I think that the, the excitement poured over with uh, the inaugural season in 98 of, of how much people uh, really enjoy baseball here in Tampa Bay. What do you remember about that first game and that first day wearing the uniform? Well, I, I'm, I'm sure that Vegas didn't have uh, me hitting the first Devil Ray home run. That was probably uh, one of the, one of the highlights of my opening day in, in Tampa Bay, but uh, Ted Williams uh, throwing out the first pitch. I got to catch that. Um, just the electricity that um, finally Tampa, uh, Tampa has, has, has got a, a baseball team. And it was, it was really electric. And, and I had been through um, 16 opening days and, there were a lot of guys on the team that this was their first opening day and, and uh, 
we had a packed house, but um, it was uh, extremely exciting for the Tampa Bay area. Catching that first pitch from Ted Williams, can you describe what that was like for you? Obviously, I know you had uh, a, a certain relationship before with him that you had a chance to. Yeah, I, I had uh, actually I I had told uh, uh, Rick Vaughn at the time. I said um, I'm going to catch Ted Williams. I don't care. I, I'll have I'll beat anybody off of uh, of, of that uh, honor. Uh, going back uh, with all my conversations when in my Boston days with uh, with Ted, idolized him and and uh, it was it was a a great thrill and a great honor for me to uh, to do that. What did you learn from him over the years, and how did he make you a better player and better hitter? Patience and discipline; those are probably the two biggest things that that I, I took away from Ted. Uh, we had different swings, naturally. Uh, Ted was hips out of hands; I was inside out. But uh, the one thing that that resonated through through our talks was the fact that uh, you got to get a good pitch to hit, and if you get it, don't miss it. And the cover of his book is sort of self-explanatory on, on, on the strike zone and trying to get a good pitch to hit and being patient enough to, uh, to get that good pitch. If not, then be satisfied with a walk and, and continue to move the line along. Has there been a hitter that's had a greater influence on him than you? And if, if it is someone else, who would that be? Well, I, I, I go back to my Boston days with Walt Reniak. I mean, it, you know, Walt sort of butted heads with Ted when he was in spring training that uh, Ted would teach hitting one way and Walt would have to uh, correct everybody when they got to the big leagues because Ted was down in the minor leagues uh, teaching kids uh, hips out of hands and get, get the bat head out and, and turn on balls and, and this type of, uh, of uh, philosophy. And... Walt was more or less the Charlie Lau guy, uh, inside out. But uh, I, I think there are comparisons from uh, both philosophies that you can take and and dissect and and create your own philosophy. Can you walk us through the process toward hit number three thousand? So many, so few ball players in the sport get a chance to do that. And then we'll get to the the day when you picked up the hit and it happened to be a home run. Well, I had, I had uh, a lot of conversations in, in 98 with uh, Paul Molitor and about chasing 3000 and what that day was was going to be like, going to be like uh, what what that upcoming week was going to be like. Uh, and he just said, enjoy the ride. It's, it's just so special that that very few players ever get to this plateau. And. I was on the verge of seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and it was getting brighter and brighter every day and got uh, a double in uh, Seattle and slid in awkwardly and actually tore cartilage in my knee. So that was uh, that part of, of, uh, uh, of my knee surgery ending my Tampa Bay career. But, but uh, getting back to uh, that Saturday, uh, my son Brett was the bat boy uh, for for those games at home, and and we were driving across the bridge on that Saturday, and he, I said, "What do you think, buddy?" And he says, uh, "You got it tonight, Dad." And and it was kind of funny because I I, I think I was a two fifteen two twenty hitter off of Charlie Nagy, and and didn't have too much success off of him, 
But uh, he was confident. I let him pick out the uh, the bat that I used, and he rubbed up the game balls for for the umpires and the in the umpires room. And and so he was he was a big part of of uh, that that day. And got uh, twenty nine ninety eight and twenty nine ninety nine, and I'm on first base. And Jim Tommy sits there and says, uh, "Bogsy, this is this is the most exciting thing I've ever been around." And I said. You and me both, brother. He goes, one more. He says, you'll get it tonight. I said, well, hopefully. And then uh, coincidentally, they bring in uh, Chris Haney. And and to lighten the moment, I, I walked back to the dugout. My son was sort of my shadow the whole time. And and Larry Rothschild had said, uh, uh, Wade, we're, we're going to uh, pinch hit for you now. And my son's eyes just got biggest saucers. And, and, uh, I said, no, I, I said, I've waited, uh, uh, 18 years for, for this moment. And, uh, I'll beat you with, I'll beat you with this bat. And, and he says, Oh, I was just joking. Just trying to lighten up the, the moment. And I said, you don't need to lighten up this moment. It, it's, it's a long time coming and got to two, two and, and, uh, spun a curveball. And right when I, right when I hit it, I knew it was gone. And I said, well, I'm not, not going to get that back. And coincidentally, uh, Mike Hogan, who uh, caught the ball, uh, brought it to the dugout or brought it to the uh, clubhouse, rather, after the game and and gave it to me. And he said, it'll look a lot better on your mantle than it will on mine. And uh, he was he was so gracious in, in that fact. So it was it was crazy. It was it was 18 years of of wondering if I would ever get to that plateau. And, 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 and I sort of had a feeling after 10 years when I had 2000 hits that uh, it was going to be a possibility, but August 7th, when uh, it came to fruition, it was uh, one of those special moments that, uh, that a a lot of people were there, 43, 44,000, a lot of light bulbs going off. So um, it was, it was very special for me. And, and sort of etched my uh, name in in, uh, in Devil Ray history. To share that moment with your son, can you put that in some sort of perspective? Well, it was I, I wanted him to be part of that, and and actually, um, it, my daughter was away and uh, at a, a wedding down in South Florida, and and she wasn't at the uh, news conference afterwards, but she come she came busting in about halfway through the press conference in her uh, maid of honor dress. And she looked like Cinderella going to the ball. It was uh, uh, very special for me, for her to do that. And, but um, yeah, I, I wanted him to, uh, to be around me. It was sort of gave me a lot of relaxation to uh, have him around and, and we would sit there and chit chat and I wouldn't have to uh, sort of think about the, the daily chores of what was going to go on. And, and thank God I didn't uh, move it uh, any further down the line and, and had a big night that night and got them all on Saturday. It, it truly was a, a family moment. You know, I, I know the, the touching coming around the bases and the finish of all that. Can you describe that for listeners who may not know all about all that? Billy Hatcher wanted me to give him a hug. And I, I didn't think that that was going to be sort of appropriate on a home run. I, I, I was going to hug him if I gave him a single, 
if I if I had, had got a single on uh, on that. But uh, we just high fived each other, and then I blew a kiss to my mom, and rounding the bases, and and then right before I got to home plate, I looked up uh, to blow my mom another kiss, and an unbelievable tackle occurred in front of me. I didn't I didn't get to see it, but I saw it on replay. And then I said, I've stepped on this home plate so many times that uh, I'm going to kneel down and kiss it. And and that was sort of a, a response that was just spur of the moment as well. And and a lot of it not scripted. And I mean, I believe me, a home run was not in the uh, the the description at all. And but uh, the first player to ever do it, I was extremely honored to to uh, have that that moniker but um yeah it was uh it was very special my father was there he came on the field and 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 the whole family and my wife and brother-in-law and all of all of all of my close family and uh it was really special for my dad to, to get to witness that you're part of a Rays hall of fame class um that includes don zimmer um, I'm curious as to how he impacted you and how well, you know, what it means to see him be part of a Hall of Fame class uh, for this organization. Well, he did so many great things for for not only the, the Tampa Bay Rays, Devil Rays uh, organization, but uh, baseball in general. I, I was with uh, Zim in New York when we won the World Series, probably one of the greatest baseball minds I've ever been around. I, I didn't I didn't. Uh, have him as a manager in Boston. He had he had already left uh, by the time I had gotten there, but um, I mean, just an an absolute brilliant baseball mind, and and uh, anybody in their right mind would would have Zim as as their bench coach uh, because of the knowledge that he possessed and and uh, how he can orchestrate and maneuver through games. And on that original devil raised team of those first couple of years. You also had Fred McGriff who is going into the baseball hall of fame this year. Does it mean something to you to see another hall of famer from that team now and to see specifically Fred? Oh, sure. It's, it's a long time coming for Fred. Uh, it's um, and now the, the Rays are getting their due uh, of players that have come through there um, that have had hall of fame credentials and, um, it was really neat to have, uh, two guys from Tampa Bay, uh, on the inaugural team, uh, myself and Freddie, he, he was a, a Jefferson product. I was a plant product, but, uh, um, you know, when you start putting hometown guys on, uh, on your, on your local team, uh, it sort of gives a, a little comfort to, uh, the fans that go there and say, Hey, these guys are part of us. As someone who grew up in this area, how much is there a level of pride and having played for the original then Devil Ray teams to see what the Rays have become, the success they've had uh, on the field, um, especially even this year, this this anniversary campaign? Oh, I take a lot of pride in that because it, we were we were the foundation of of uh, of an organization, and one of our one of our goals was not to lose a hundred games. That was that was kind of uh one of those things that sticks in the back of your mind where man that's 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 a scarlet letter that you just don't want to wear wow that that team lost 100 games I, I think we lost 99 but uh um 
we didn't we didn't lose a hundred. But uh, being part of that inaugural team, uh, we basically called ourselves misfits because uh, uh, no other team would uh, would keep them, and and we were just twenty five guys uh, that uh, were from other organizations and, and a lot of guys uh, didn't have a lot of uh, playing time, got their, their feet wet with, uh, with an organization that uh, has now turned into uh, a winning product. And it's really, it's really wonderful to see. Is there anything particular weight about the way they play that you enjoy? I know you follow the game uh, still. Um well, they, they they sort of have a carefree attitude, and it's it's one of those that that oh well, and I, I think that's a byproduct of of uh, the Madden days, to where oh well, we didn't get them today, we'll get them tomorrow kind of attitude, and and they don't reflect on on a lot of things that have happened uh, in the past. Uh, they go about their business in a professional way, and and. I, I sort of call them the, the Minnesota twins of the olden days to where they had really low payroll and, and one, and no one could ever figure that out. And, and you see teams that spend 230, $250 million and don't win championships, but uh, the Rays are contenders each and every year with low payroll. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's a gift, but, uh, there are a lot of uh, people that try to figure it out and try to uh, emulate uh, the Rays as far as the front office goes. I always say you win with good players, um, and they've got good good players and good athletes, just as the championship teams you were part of back in the day. Right. Um, tell me when you reflect on just the time in Tampa Bay and just – when when you got started in the sport, was it the fact that this was such a great baseball community to begin with? I mean, is that what there's so many good baseball players? We touched on you and, and Fred McGriff and um, I can go on with, you know, the Lou Pinellas and, and so many others, Tony La Russa, who came from this area. Why was baseball so important to you and, and, and why why did it lead you to the track that you went on, do you think? Well, it was something, you know, when you grow up and play Little League and 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 it's it's not for everyone and and that's the thing and and i had a lot of ability uh back when i was eight nine ten years old and i i just love baseball and i i was intrigued by the game and i was better than a lot of kids that i played against and and my father saw that so when he retired from the air force he was my coach through my 13 14 15 year old uh, senior league years so he sort of molded me into the player that I am or was uh, when I played as, as far as the weight weight theory hitting the ball to the opposite field and and so yeah when you look back at, at the the amount of players that have come out of t this Tampa Bay area it's, it's just a hotbed for I mean it started with Al Lopez and and has gone skyward I mean, now we have Kyle Tucker and Pete Alonzo and, and they're doing so many great things in, in the big leagues right now. And and then you go back to to Tino and and Chef and and Freddie and and I mean, just so many 
great players have come out of this Tampa Bay area. I always said it's in the water. So that was, we, we have special water here in the Tampa Bay area. And, and we had the Cincinnati Reds here in spring training and, and we would go watch spring training games and, and the big red machine was always front and center. And then the County commissioners and, and, various people in, in the government said, uh, hey, let's try to get a baseball team here. And they finally did. And they finally did. And now with uh, the success that, that the Rays are having, it just reaps the benefits of, of all the, uh, the history that's been put forth through the uh, Tampa Bay area. Well, you've been involved, Wade, in so many uh, great moments in this game. Um, and Obviously, it's great to have you as part of the first Hall of Fame class. We certainly appreciate some time and hope it's a wonderful weekend for you and your family. Good deal. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate it very much. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have that conversation with Wade Boggs and looking forward to his Hall of Fame celebration and induction for this first class of the Rays Hall of Fame. Now, Wade had uh, many unique teammates during his limited time with Tampa Bay, including a guy who had the first hit in franchise history. I actually had a chance to sit down with Davey Martinez, now manager of the Washington Nationals, very early in the season. And we chatted a bit about what it meant to play with Wade and uh, maybe some of his superstitions too. He was uh, one thing about Wade. He was an unbelievable competitor. Right? He let, you know he loved to play the game, loved to win, um, and what an unbelievable hitter. I mean, the guy uh, took batting practice with him every day. He was hitting hitting his group and just watching him, watching him put the you know the, the uh, bat on the ball consistently, hitting the ball hard. You know, in spring training, was really amazing. You know, and um, such a short swing. So. I learned a lot just by watch, watching him just, you know, take batting practice. And also, he was so superstitious. You know, he had to do everything <laughs> the same every day. Um, I used to mess with him a little bit. He used to get, he used to get a little a little pissed off at me, but it was it was in, in fun. But um, what an unbelievable, unbelievable person, unbelievable teammate, a great career. Do you remember much about the day he got the 3,000th hit? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it, was, it was awesome. The home run, uh, kiss home plate. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a great day. What uh, what other stories do you have about your time with Wade? Or do you have a story that kind of either epitomized who he was or just, you know, what you learned from him? Oh, like I said, he was just that, he was that guy that, you know, um, almost felt like every time, you know, he was going to get up there, um, he was going to hit the ball hard. You know, and, and like I said, it was, when you play with a guy that has that many hits, that played, that, you know, that many years, that understands the, the game as well as he did, um, you, you you have a lot of respect for that 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 person that player you know and, and knowing that he's your teammate uh, it's, it's something different. So tell me how you ribbed him. <laughs> like I said, he he would be he one day so he had this bat he put in his cage on the cage and nobody could no, nobody could touch the bat it had to be at the certain spot. So you know he was he was hitting the ball really well and uh, so I decided you know he went and hit and I, I he went and ran to first base. I said I'm gonna grab this bat I'm gonna hit with it. And uh, he ran to second base, and I'm up there, and I'm hitting. All of a sudden, he sees me with the bat, 
and he starts screaming bloody murder. <laughs> and uh, I think I got a couple of hits that day, which was kind of nice. So, uh, but oh yeah, he was so bad at me. <laughs> Good stuff from Davey Martinez. Appreciate his time and certainly appreciate that of one Wade Boggs. Uh, If you can't get to the ballpark uh, for the Hall of Fame Day, that is July 9th, the last game before the All-Star break, we hope you come to uh, future events where the Rays honor their Hall of Famers. Call Crawford will be later on in the month of August, and we've got plenty to go in terms of this special 25th anniversary season. More to come as the season goes on. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll chat with you soon.